0: Network The African History Network, our YouTube channel, Michael M. Hotep, I-M-H-O-T-E-P, and uh, also on that, 10 a.m. Superstation WFDF's YouTube uh, Facebook page also. All right, so I, I saw this story um, a few days ago from the Uh Black graduates' household incomes have grown more slowly than those of college graduates in general. Black graduates, black college graduates' household incomes have grown more slowly than those of college graduates in general. On average, African-American college graduates owe more in student loan debt compared to white graduates. And this is something that contributes to the uh, racial wealth gap. And this is one of the reasons why there are Growing cries for uh, student loan uh, uh, relief, okay, student loan debt relief and discharging uh, student loan debt. All right, we're going to talk about that story today. Uh, and then also, uh, there was a story that we talked about briefly yesterday. Um, it deals with Senator Reverend Raphael Warnock. Uh, proud boy supporter pleads guilty to threatening Democratic Senator Reverend Raphael Warnock. Dead men can't pass laws. This was a threat that he received. Uh, th- this was a threat issued actually on Jan- um, early in the hours on January the 6th, January 6th, 2021. So we know that the special election was the day before, January 5th, the, the special election in Georgia. This is Senator uh, Raphael Warnock. Uh, of Georgia. Okay, we'll talk about that uh, as well. And then also uh, many people have probably heard that uh, longtime uh, political consultant and uh, uh, local, Detroit, uh, local uh, TV show host and uh, internet radio show host and radio show host uh, Steve Hood passed away today uh, at age 58. So we'll talk a little bit about that as well. Um, I had known he was in the hospital for, I think, about three weeks now. I hadn't said anything to anybody about it. Um, but, um, yeah, that was a big loss today. Many people know that uh, Steve was a friend of mine, and uh, that's how I started out on 9:10 AM a.m. Um, on Steve's morning show. So that was a big loss. Uh, last time I saw him was March. Of uh, this year, he we met because he interviewed me for his uh, TV show. Detroit wants to know. And that show aired, I think it was in April. I think I think it was March that we met, and uh, it was uh, uh, it aired in April. And um, I know he had lost a lot of weight. I know he was working out. He said he was working out, but uh, he passed away of cancer. Age 58. So that's a big loss. Deadline. Deadline Detroit dot com uh, has an article about it. Also, Fox two has an article about it. uh, uh, Fox two news. They have an article uh, about it as well. uh, uh, Fox Two Detroit Uh, Detroit talk show host, political consultant Steve Hood dies at 58. After uh, battling pink pancreatic cancer, um, from what I heard, he had uh, stage four pancreatic cancer, and he really didn't want people to know that he was sick. So, um, you know, that's a that's a that's a big loss. He was he was young. He's eight years older than me, but uh, that's that's a huge loss there. All right, so we'll we'll, we'll uh, talk about those two stories. Uh, on today's show and then we'll talk a little bit about the 38th annual African War Festival that is uh, coming up this weekend as well. Now on the African History Network show we focus on educating empowering and inspiring people of African descent throughout the diaspora and around the world because right now it's correct your own behavior. What you do for yourself, what you do to yourself and what you allow other people to do to you and get away with is based upon what you think about yourself, what you think about about yourself is based upon what you have been taught about yourself. What you've been taught about yourself is based upon everything you've read, heard, and seen about yourself. So, when you control the radius of a man or woman's thoughts, you can control the covers of his or her actions because the mind can't do or teach what it doesn't know. Now, we deal with a number of different topics here on the African History Network show. We deal with current events and history and politics, uh, education, economic empowerment, entrepreneurship, relationships, love, sex, health issues, and much, much more. Sign up for our email newsletter, text the word KEMET, K-E-M-E-T, the 22828. The sign up for our email newsletter, text the word KEMET, K-E-M-E-T, the 22828. The sign up for our email newsletter. Also, um, visit our website, africanhistorynetwork.com, africanhistorynetwork.com. You can sign up for the email newsletter there as well. Uh, if you like this type of information, you can support the African History Network, dollar sign, the AHN Show. Through Cash App, Dollar Sign, the AHN Show. do Cash App, also through PayPal, PayPal.me uh, forward slash the AHN Show. PayPal.me forward slash the AHN Show. We're here six days a week to help doing the research, stay on the air, keep broadcasting. Uh, and then also at our website, uh, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. Click on the uh, yellow donate button there. All right. I want to jump into this first story here, and uh, this is from thegrio.com. okay? And, you know, this ties into uh, Black Women's Equal Pay Day, which was earlier this month. Uh, Black Women's Equal Pay Day was on um, uh, Tuesday, August 3rd, okay? Tuesday, August 3rd was Black Women's Equal Pay Day, and that is the day that uh, African-American women have to work until um, to make the same amount of money that the average white male made the year before okay so if we look at this article here uh, coming up here on the break and let's see let's go to this here let's pull this one up this is from thegrio.com. Um, I saw this article a few days ago let me see here okay Let's pull this up. All right. Uh, black graduates' household incomes have grown more slowly than those of college graduates in general. And uh, this, uh, I saw this article back on uh, August 14th. Let's pull this up here. All right. On average, black college grads owe more in student loan debt compared to white graduates. Now, uh, college has always been positioned as an opportunity to even the playing field for young adults, and especially for uh, African American students who face a litany of obstacles when trying to advance in their careers. And you know, we're dealing with you're dealing with racism. Sometimes you could be dealing with Uh, generational issues uh, on the job also. And this is another obstacle. And, you know, you can this is also one of the reasons why, um, especially African-American women, but tend to marry later in life, but also many times African-American men tend to marry later in life because they're trying to get a um, establish a financial basis. Because we're starting um, from what we're starting off oftentimes at a deficit. We're starting oftentimes uh, in a position that's not a strong position financially. So let me close out some of these here. Just a second here. Go back to this article. Got a bunch of tabs open. All right. Now, uh, an analysis by the Wall Street Journal found that the median income of African-American graduates in their 30s plummeted over the past decade, okay? So this was analysis from the uh, Wall Street Journal. And they found that um, the median income of African-American college graduates in their 30s plummeted over the past three decades to less than one-tenth the net worth of their white counterparts, less than one-tenth of the net worth of their white counterparts. Now, the median is a a statistical measure where 50% of the population is below a certain point and 50% of the population is above a certain point. It gives a more accurate measurement than the average because Um, The average can be skewed um, by the if you have um, incomes or populations, what have you, if you have uh, statistics, what have you, that are far beyond far above average. Okay, it can skew it to the left and give you uh, an inaccurate uh, representation of really what's going on. So the median oftentimes can be a better measurement. So the median is. Uh, the point where 50% of the population you're looking at is below that point and 50% is above that point. Now, a combination of both student loan debt and the economic crisis has created a tight hold on African-American college-educated millennials. More than 84% of their households have student debt uh, uh, more than 84 percent of their households have student debt, have stopped home buying and don't have the ability to say, OK, so if we look at millennials now, millennials are basically that contrary to popular belief. I, I remember I was um, at a meeting of, of Grits and Politics and this was at Greater Emmanuel Church. And they were talking about millennials, and I I said, you know, so I was probably one of the youngest people there. I think I was maybe 49 at the time or 48. I was probably one of the youngest people there. I said, a millennial is not somebody who is younger than you. That's not a millennial. Millennials are basically people born uh, between some sources say 1981 and 1996. Other sources may say 1980 to 1996. But those are basically millennials, okay? And it is a um, – millennials and – Generation Z and Generation X; these are all basically um, uh, demarcations or all categories created by uh, uh, created by advertisers, created by marketers to segment populations. Okay, based upon generations. So, more than eighty-four percent of uh, African American millennial households have student loan debt and have stopped buying, uh, have stopped home buying, and don't have the ability to save. So this is, this is a recipe for disaster. And this, it really slows down their ability to create generational wealth, all right? We'll deal with this on the other side of the break. Listen to the African History Network show right here on 9, 10 a.m., the Superstation, the Future Radio. I'm your host, Brother Michael Mike Limhotep. We'll be back in a few minutes
1: black on purpose television network yes black on purpose television network all black all positive all the time the largest black owned streaming television network in the world bringing our people together worldwide controlling our messages our stories our way black TV the way it should be black music black history, and more. 30-plus channels, thousands of shows, black on purpose television network. Subscribe now. Gain knowledge in minutes from insightful summaries of progressive and socially conscious books. Blacklisted gives you access to curated content that'll satisfy your curiosity to learn and understand different perspectives. Empower yourself. Through inspirational and actionable ideas. It's easy to read or listen to on the go. Blacklisted. Empower yourself. Start your free trial today. Yeah, put us in this predicament. It's going
0: to be law but take it out. So you control the radius of a man or woman's thoughts. You control the compass
2: of his or her actions because the mind can't do what teachers doesn't know. We have it all on 910 AM Superstation. 910, The Superstation, Detroit's only African-American talk radio.
0: Welcome back to the African History Network show right here on 910 AM, The Superstation, of Future Radio. I'm your host, Brother Michael M. Hotep. It is Thursday, August 19th, 2021, and we are live calling numbers 313-778-7600. It's the call in number 313-778-7600. is the call in number if you have a question or comment um, we'll talk some about the uh, 38th annual African world festival taking place at the Charles H Wright Museum of African American history Friday August 20th through Sunday August 22nd visit the right org the right org WRIght the right org they have the information right on the home page of the website and Uh, You can when you go to the uh, website, click on on explore our incredible offerings. It takes you to the next page and they have information about the uh, festival and they have a schedule that you can download. Okay, Um, download full schedule. Click right here. Download the AWF African World Festival 2021 map and you can download the schedule. They have a full schedule all um, three days. Uh, The festival starts on Friday, August 20th. uh, Opening ceremonies are 4 p.m., okay, 4 p.m. And um, R&B recording artist Sunshine Anderson is performing 6.30 p.m. to 7.30 p.m. on the main stage. The main stage is behind the museum. Uh, And on the side street is is Brush, Brush Street. Now keep walking down Brush Street to Brush and Kirby and you're gonna be at Peck Park and you'll see my vendor booth. Okay, because I just went and bought the I I just went and bought the tent today. All right, so you're gonna see my vendor booth for the African uh, History Network. We're right there on the corner of uh, Brush and uh, Kirby. All right, and I'll be there all three days. So, and I'll be broadcasting from there on Facebook and everything. So. You get to check that out as well. The African World Festival. You can come down, and, and uh, we'll have my DVD lectures. We'll be registering people for uh, the two online courses I teach, and uh, you can talk to me. Now, now the normally the museum is open during the African World Festival, but during but because of COVID, the museum is going to be closed. Usually, it's open, and you can go in for tours, and usually I do uh, uh, I do lectures inside of the museum. Uh, or workshops uh, during the festival, but it's going to be closed. So I'll, I'll do all that at my vendor booth. All right. And it's and the festival is free and open to the public. Uh, there's about 150 vendors uh, wear masks, even though it's outdoors, still want people to wear masks and be safe. All right. Okay. We'll go back to this uh, topic here in just a second. So somebody asked, what do you think about the Senate caving on qualified immunity? I think you missed our show yesterday because I dealt with that yesterday. As I said back in May of 2021, if you can't come to an agreement on qualified immunity in the Senate, take it out of the bill and get the rest of the bill passed. Because qualified immunity is not the most important thing in H.R. 1280, which is the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act. Okay, watch the show from yesterday because I went through that and we went through and and I showed you actually what's in the bill. I said back in May. If you can't come to an agreement, Representative James Clyburn said the same thing. People want to jump on him because I said, look, because it was because it was police unions putting pressure on Republicans in the Senate not to remove qualified, not, not to uh, rescind qualified immunity. So I knew they weren't going to come to agreement on that. You need 10 Republicans to vote on the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act for it to pass. If all 50 Democrats support it, you need you need 60 votes to pass the bill. I said this on Roland Martin show. I said you need to take that out the bill. If you can't get it passed, get the rest of that stuff passed in the bill, because that is not the most important thing in the bill. The most important thing in the bill is lowering the federal is lowering the federal standard to prosecute police officers from willful intent down to negligence. Because if you can lower the federal standard, you can prosecute more officers and get more officers convicted. And that's a that those are felony convictions. They're going to prison. What qualified immunity is a civil lawsuit. That's not criminal. That's suing them in civil court, not criminal court. They're not going to prison over that. When you start locking their asses up and putting them in prison, that's a bigger deterrent than a civil lawsuit. So I said back and may take that out of there. If you can't come to an agreement on that, take it out and get that bill passed. Now, the earliest you can get the George Floyd justice and policing, Bill passed is September 13th because the U.S. Senate is on recess until September 13th. And when they come back, Chuck Schumer, Senate Majority Leader, already said the first thing they're going to take up is the voting rights bill. So they probably won't get to that on September 13th. It's going to be after September 13th. I said back in May, take that out and pass this and, and get it passed. But that's not that's not what happened. So alright they're gonna learn all right let's go back to this uh piece here and you can go to uh ju- judiciary.house.gov or just go to house.gov and search for search for uh hr 1280 117th congress you can look at the fact sheet we went through the fact sheet of what's in the george floyd justice and police Act. now we went through that back in may also by the way If you watch this show, we went through it, What's in the Bill, back in May, but I went through it again yesterday. So go back and watch yesterday's show. Um, It's it's archived here on our Facebook fan page, The African History Network, and our YouTube channel, Michael M. Hotep, I-M-H-O-T-E-P. All right, let's go back to this. um, and, And I remember all the activists and Tamika Mallory and all this, they were saying they were jumping on Clyburn. Talking about Clyburn didn't know what he's talking about. What why are you gonna do this? Clyburn know what the hell he's th- Clyburn knows what the hell he's doing. I told you then. Clyburn is correct. Clyburn knows how those white people are. Clyburn knows more about those Republicans than any of these activists out here. You know, activists get a lot of you know, a lot of respect needs to go to the activists. They don't have to deal with these Republicans like Clyburn has to deal with them. Even though is in the house, he knows he knows those people in the Senate, he knows what they're gonna vote for and what they're not gonna vote for. Clyburn's from South Carolina. South Carolina is where the Civil War started South Carolina was the first state to secede from the Union December 20th, 1860 Not only that, Clyburn is a former history teacher Clyburn knows history He knows what he's dealing with in, in, in the House and the Senate So he he was correct And I said the same thing I said it on this show And I said it on Rolling Martin unfiltered Okay So let's go back to this here See, I'm a practical person I'm, I'm a practical person OK, to hell with all that theory. Tell me how to get from point A to point B. I'm a very practical person. I've been involved in writing public policy here for the city of Detroit. I managed, you know, African-American companies where we had government contracts. All that theory and pie in the sky, I don't care about that. I'm focused on the process. How do we bring this into fruition? What is the process? How do we go from point A to point B? Because in business school, that's what you learn. You 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 learn, okay, in business school, you learn how to solve problems. If anybody's ever been to business school, if you've ever taken entrepreneurship classes, you learn, you're taught how to solve problems. Okay, so that's the perspective I come from. All that damn theory and all that damn march and all that stuff. Mass protest has its purpose, but oftentimes we confuse activity with productivity. Show, show me how to get from point A to B how do we solve this problem how do we get the bill passed how do we bring this into fruition okay you need 10 republicans to vote for it for any of these bills unless it can pass through the budget reconciliation process in the senate and in the, the, the george floyd Justice, and the police and that don't qualify for that so you need 10 republicans to vote for the bill that's now you can you can pontificate all you want to if you can't get 10 republicans to vote for the bill it's not going to pass not not in the 117th congress now if you get if you get more Democrats elected in the Senate in the 2022, 2022, midterm election. And if you get say you get like 54, 55 Democrats and you get 51 to break the filibuster and change the filibuster rules, then you can run it through. That ain't the case right now. You don't have 50, you don't, you don't have 50 Democrats to change the filibuster rules because Joe Manchin and Kristen Cinema don't want to change them. So you need 10 Republicans to get it passed. If you can't get 10 Republicans to 10 Republicans to agree to the bill. It's not going to happen. That's just all this to it. All right. So more than 84% of their households have student debt, has stopped home buying and don't have the ability to save. Now, um, there's a tweet here from Philip Lewis, uh, the median net worth of black households with college graduates in their 30s has fallen to $8,200, about $50,400 three decades ago uh, has fallen to has fallen to $8,200 from about $50,400 three decades ago, a Wall Street Journal analysis found, okay? The median net worth for African-American households with college graduates in their 30s, so they're still paying off student loan debt, okay? But many of them most likely. In their 30s is uh, $8,200. It it, is falling to $8,200 Three decades ago, it was about $50,400. So that makes it very hard to accumulate wealth and create generational wealth, okay? That makes it very hard to do that. All right, just a second. We lost our connection here to nine ten 10 a.m. Superstation. Just a second. Let me reconnect this call. All right, so uh, sorry about that. Sorry about that. We dropped a call there. The Skype call dropped. Okay, so uh the the median net worth for african american households with college graduates in their 30s has fallen from $8,200 has fallen to $8,200 from about $50,400 where it was 3 decades ago a wall street journal analysis found over this over the same period their white peers saw their median net worth grow uh, 17% to $138,000, all right? So this is more reason it makes the argument for things like uh, canceling student loan debt, okay? Over the same period of time, that 30-year period of time, their white peers saw their median net worth grow 17% to $138,000. All right and we're talking about um uh white college graduates in their 30s now the the wall street journal reported that the drop is driven by skyrocketing student debt and sluggish income growth skyrocketing student debt and sluggish income growth now the generation that hoped to close the racial wealth gap is finding it is only growing wider. The report also found African-American wealth has not grown in the past 30 years. Student loan debt has always had an impact on the African-American community, okay? Now, according to a 2016 According to a a 2016 report from uh, the Brookings Institute, African-American college graduates with bachelor's degrees owe an average of seven thousand four hundred dollars more than white college graduates with bachelor's degrees. Okay, African-American college graduates with bachelor's degrees owe an average of seven thousand four hundred dollars more than white graduates. Twenty. $23,400 $23,400 African American graduates with bachelor's degrees versus $17,000. However, due to interest accrual and post-bachelor degrees, the number of in, the, the number increases to African American graduates owing more than $53,000 in student loan debt 4 years after their bachelor's at four years after they get their bachelor's degree, twice as much as white graduates. So, because the interest accrual and post and getting post bachelor and post bachelor degrees, African American graduates end up owing more than fifty three thousand dollars in student loan debt four years after they get their bachelor's degree, which ends up being twice as much as the average. Uh, white graduate owes uh, four years after they get the bachelor's degree. So this is so this slows down. The accumulation of generational wealth and being able to buy property, have money to start businesses, etc. Now, to compare. Thirty five percent of African-American baby boomers, 35 percent of African-American baby boomers had college loan debt at a median of $6,000. Today's younger African-American college graduates owe a median, median of $44,000, which is more than seven times the debt from their parents' generation, okay? So this is why so many people are calling on the Biden administration to cancel student debt, whether you do it through executive order or whether you do it through Congress, either, either way. The net worth of African American households in their thirties has also fallen to $8,300 from $50,400 three decades ago. Okay. The net worth of African American households in their thirties has fallen from eight, has fallen to $8,300 when three decades ago was $50,400. Now, Fanaba Ado, a professor of public policy at UNC Chapel Hill who studies debt and racial wealth inequality said in a 2020 interview with MarketWatch, marketwatch.com, the the, uh, business publication, MarketWatch, he said, even at the upper end of the black wealth distribution, average and median wealth are significantly lower than that of white houses at the top of the wealth distribution, okay? Even at the upper end of the black wealth distribution, average and median wealth are significantly lower than that of white households at the top of the wealth distribution. This manifests in differences in financial assets home equity, and access to resources that could potentially help their children to pay for college. As college costs have risen, the increasing burden of college costs has shifted from federal and state aid to students and families as the the cost of, of, of college increases each year the increasing burden of college costs has, has shifted from, from federal and state aid being able to absorb that, that rising cost of, of college to students and families having to absorb those costs. Now, people with more resources are able to contribute more. So this is largely going to be white households, generally speaking. As documented in her book, as documented in her book, The Whiteness of Wealth, The Whiteness of Wealth, tax law professor Dorothy Brown further explains that even with scholarships and parental support, the hardship for African American students to pay for their degree in higher learning comes from the, from the systematic issues that are present in all structures in america so she said that college does not pay off for african-american students the way it does for white students at virtually every step from taking out student loans to facing a racist job market To dealing with repayment plans, African-American students and their families have disadvantages. As a result, the the black-white wealth gap widens. Now, you couple that with, as we talked about on this show back August 3rd, with Black Women's Equal Pay Day. And uh, we look at the article here from um, NBCNews.com. We'll try to pull this one up. Black women's, uh, let's see, black women's equal payday. Uh, Black women work 579 days to earn what white men do in 365 days. Let's see if we can pull this up here. Uh, This is from NBC News. So the average African-American woman makes 63 cents on the dollar that the average white male makes. You look at this one here, okay, so things like this contribute to that racial wealth gap, and it compounds this this issue when we deal with student loan debt. Read this article. We talked about this back on August third uh, because August third was black women's equal pay day. It takes the average African American woman twelve uh twenty months. To make the same amount of money that the average white male made in 12 months. Uh, Read this article from NBC News. Black women's equal payday. Black women worked 579 days to earn what white men do in 365. Okay. Um, Across industries, black women are paid only uh, 63 cents. For every dollar made by white men, according to the National Women's Law Center. All right, so read the rest of this. We talked about this back on August 3rd. Okay, now uh, let's go back to the piece here from the griot. Uh, Let's look at this one here. All right, so the Wall Street Journal report exemplifies how individual. financial habits and behaviors are not enough to solve the issues for African-Americans, but actual structural change is needed in order for African-American students to get financial success. So you you hear a lot of these um, black conservatives, many of them scared of their own shadows. You, Larry Elder and, and Candace Owens and you know, and when you, they talk about personal responsibility. When they talk about the wealth gap, they talk about personal responsibility and they say, okay, don't have children out of wedlock, get married, buy a home, you know, different things like this. They don't want to deal with white supremacy and racism. They don't want to deal with how racism is a system of advantage and privilege distributed based upon race coming out of the ideology of European white supremacy and racism. Larry Elder, who's the front runner for Republicans in the uh, election to recall Governor Gavin Newsom in California. Larry Elder is basically saying the 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 uh, uh, wage gap between women and men. That's that's fictitious is basically what he's saying. They see when you listen to these black conservatives, they don't want to deal with structural inequities. Generally speaking, they want to deal with individual choices. They don't want to deal with changing laws and policies and, and, and correcting the structural inequities that deal with systemic racism because their whole thing what many of them, are get are get paid by white people to lie to us and tell us is that racism doesn't exist because they want to keep the status quo the way it is because they benefit from it. The white people that pay them benefit from keeping the status quo, keeping things the way they are. So they want to make it, they want to make the issue personal choices personal issue personal issues they don't want to deal with a system of white supremacy and racism so what you have is is white supremacy through ventriloquism you have the words of white people coming from the miles of Negroes. you have white supremacy through ventriloquism as dr michael eric dyson calls it so the wall street journal report exemplifies how individual financial habits and behaviors are not enough to solve the issues for african americans but actual structural changes needed in order for african for african american students to get financial success to get financial success okay let's scroll down here okay um all right so activists and representatives of the government have put pressure pressure on the Biden administration to provide widespread relief bills to lessen the burden of student loans. In February 2021, members of Congress including Congress Congresswoman ayanna Presley and Senator Elizabeth Warren reintroduced a resolution to cancel $50,000 in student loan debt. In late June 2021, Senate majority leader Chuck Schumer renewed his pleas to President Biden to cancel the $50,000 in student loan debt. However, Speaker Nancy Pelosi has stated that Biden does not have the legal authority to cancel student loan debt. Now, Biden back in, back in April, I read uh, a piece from uh, NBC News. Biden put uh, his chief of staff, Ron Klain, in charge of investigating if biden has the authority through executive order to cancel fifty thousand dollars in student loan debt per person because biden said he didn't think he had that authority and see the, the what uh, what i think some people may not realize is that executive orders can be challenged in court okay executive orders can be challenged and overturned in court. All right, executive orders can be challenged. Executive orders from the president can be challenged in court and they can be overturned. They can be struck down in court. So Biden wants to make sure he's on solid legal footing to be able to do that. What they have been doing is they've been discharging student loan debt for for students who have been victims of predatory colleges because predatory colleges have uh, uh, many of them have uh, over the past few years, they've been disproportionately targeting African-American and Latino students, getting them to take out exorbitant student loans and then uh, not placing them in in careers or jobs that have anything to do with the, 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 the degree they got or the credentials they got. And then they're stuck with the student loan debt. Okay, so that's what they've been doing so far. Last I heard it was, I think, last month. So last I heard there's been three billion dollars in student loan debt that has been discharged so far by the Biden administration. A lot of that has to do with um, victims of predatory colleges. Under the Biden administration, I'm sorry, under the Obama administration, uh, the Obama administration, the educational department, Department of Education, cracked down on. Predatory colleges. The Biden, the the Obama administration shut down ITT Tech and I think it was Corinthian College. They shut they shut down those two colleges because I remember ITT Tech used to advertise. If you live here in Detroit, you, we used to see commercials of ITT Tech advertised on TV, and they used to advertise during the daytime, d- during during shows that are reruns and things like this. Then all of a sudden, you stop seeing those commercials. The Obama administration shut them down. And they put um, more restrictions on uh, for-profit colleges, okay? Under the Trump administration, the Trump administration, under Betsy DeVos, Secretary of Miseducation, they relaxed those restrictions on for-profit colleges. And the the Trump administration was much more friendlier towards for-profit colleges than the Obama administration and the Biden administration. Uh, Okay, let's go back to this here. So the push continues to get uh, more student loan debt discharged, either through executive order or through uh, either through executive order or or through uh, Congress. Uh, Read this piece here from the from August 14th from August 14th. um, Black graduates, household incomes have grown more slowly than those of college graduates, okay? So read this piece here. All right, now, there was a, yesterday we talked about, uh, there was an article from the Washington Post that dealt with uh, Reverend Raphael Warnock. Um, And this dealt with a proud boy supporter who who, uh, pled guilty to uh, threatening uh, Reverend Raphael Warnock, i basically threatening to kill him. This was on January 5th. This idiot posted on, uh, on um, Parler, okay, the uh, social media platform used by a lot of white supremacists and a lot of Trump supporters, things like that, uh, Parler, okay. Um, let me pull up this article. Proud Boy supporter uh, pleads guilty. To threatening a uh, Democratic Senator Raphael Warnock, and then if we look at the we look at the uh, idiot today, got arrested at the uh, uh, U.S. Capitol building, uh, saying that he had a bomb, and this dumbass said that um, Trump is going to be reinstated. You got you, you have these idiots that like don't. Understand, like the Constitution, there's, 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 there's no process to like reinstate a president like that, and they, and they're just be, they're, they're believing these lies that are being fed to them, these conspiracy theories. You, you have you have the story of one guy who bought bought into the QAnon conspiracy theories and killed his two children, uh, because he thought his children were like lizards or something like that. Just nonsense. Well, he thought they were going to be lizards or some something. He he bought into this Q and nonsense and killed his two children over this. A Proud boy supporter pleads guilty to threatening Democratic Senator Raphael Warnock. Dead men can't pass laws. So this is from August seventeenth, uh, Washington Post. So it, it talks about on January sixth. Uh, Hours before the special Senate runoff in Georgia was called for uh, Raphael Warnock in the early hours of January 6th, because you remember the the runoff election was January 5th. okay, and then you had the insurrection January 6th with the with with the Trump supporters. Uh, Edward Florea went on the conservative social media platform Parler and wrote, quote, Warnock is going to have a hard time casting votes for communist pop policies when he's swinging with the, with the fish. Now, what communist policies are you talking about? Because if you ask any of these idiots, explain to me what communism is. Most of them can't tell you just like most of them who are complaining and fighting against critical race theory. When you ask them, explain to me what critical race theory is. Most of them can't tell you what critical race theory is. So there. It, so a lot of these people have been radicalized a lot of these people have been radicalized by fox news by uh oan by newsmax and they're just repeating programming but when you ask them about it uh, explain to me what communism is okay uh explain me what critical race theory is when you when you ask them about it they have no clue what they're talking about Okay, let me, let me go back to this uh, article here. Where did it go? Just one second here. Let me close some of these tabs out. All right. So, okay, we've got it here. Uh, in a later post, um, Edward Florea wrote in reference to Rafael Warnock, dead man can't pass laws. Now, Edward Florea is facing up to 15 years in prison for making those threats. Now, prosecutors announced Monday uh, the 41 year old from Queens pleaded guilty to one count of transmitting threats to injure and one count of possessing ammunition uh, after having been convicted of a felony. Uh, quote, with today's plea, Florea admits to threatening the life of a successful candidate for the U.S. Senate and urging others to take up arms to unleash violence at the capitol on january 6 2021 to thwart to thwart the results of the presidential election okay um, we're out of time here on 9 10 a.m superstation wfdf those watching on facebook and youtube keep watching we'll, we'll go for a couple more minutes we'll see you at the uh 38th annual african world festival this weekend remember right now it's correct wrong behavior is not over till we win We're kind of forever we'll talk to you uh, uh next time peace All right, stand by, everybody. How's everybody doing? All right, now if you want to, if you want to support the African History Network, uh, you can do so through uh, Cash App uh, or PayPal. Dollar sign the AHN show through Cash App uh, or through PayPal. PayPal.me forward slash the AHN show. All right, if you do it through youtube youtube takes a third of the payment and they only pay out once a month if you do it through cash app uh or paypal we get it right away okay um okay so here dollar sign the ahn show through cash app all right now Just a second, let's go back to this story here. So this is from the Washington Post uh, from August 17th. We talked about it briefly uh, on yesterday's show. Hold on. Okay, here we go. All right, let's go back to this. Let's go back to this article here. Um, Okay, so with today's guilty plea, Florea admits to threatening the life of a successful candidate for the U.S. Senate and to urging others to take up arms to unleash violence at the Capitol on January 6th. Uh, to thwart the results of the presidential election. Jacqueline M. Casulis, acting U.S. attorney for the Eastern District of New York, said in the, in the news release on Monday. Uh, now, uh, uh, attorney Mia Eisenberg, uh, uh, attorney Mia I- eisner uh, Grinberg, who represents Florea, did not respond to a request for comment. Fl- Florea's online, Edward Fl- Florea's online threat came January 6th after Raphael Warnock and John Ossoff, both Democrats in Georgia, narrowly won Senate seats in special runoffs in Georgia. The same day, hordes of uh, uh, President Donald Trump's supporters showed up to the U.S. Capitol as Congress met to certify Joe Biden's electoral win. In addition to making threatening comments about Senator Raphael Warnock on January 6th, Florea had also written on parlor about going to washington to incite violence okay so read the rest of this so he's in deep trouble he's facing up to 15 years in prison proud boys supporter pleads guilty to threatening democratic senator Raphael warnock dead men can't pass laws all right so check that out also okay um you can register for the 10 week online course that I teach on Saturdays. This is the new class from the civil war to the civil rights movement and black power, 1865 to 1968, uh, each, uh, each class we deal with an approximately 10 year period of history. And uh, we deal with history. We deal with the last year of the civil war and what happened after slavery ended. Okay, we did the reconstruction era uh, 1865 to 1968, um, We, let me say, I'm sorry, 1865 to 1877, then we deal with uh, the Jim Crow era, uh, World War I, World War II, uh, Civil Rights Movement, Black Power Movement, okay, to understand what happened after slavery ended. What were the laws and policies that were put in place? How did that impact us? And how do we get to where we are today and where do we go from here? All right. So that's uh, we just posted the link. You can register for that class. So we do the class live. All the sessions are recorded. Uh, As soon as you register for the class, you can watch uh, last Saturday's class. And uh, you can watch classes one through four. Um, Next class will be on August 28th. And there's also bonus content that you can watch there as well. And you you still have access to the class even after the class is over with. All right. So we do the classes live. Uh, It's Saturdays, 3 p.m. to 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And all the sessions are recorded so you can go back and watch it over and over again also. All right. So the class is regularly $130. It's on sale $80. You can watch from around the world from the Civil War to the Civil Rights Movement and Black Power, 1865 to 1968. It's at our website. AfricanHistoryNetwork.com, And then the uh, other online course that I teach, that's the uh, precursor to this, one, to this one, ancient Kemet, the Moors and the Maafa understanding the transatlantic slave trade where they didn't teach you in school. We do this one on Sundays, 2 PM to 4 PM. And this deals with thousands of years of history and what led up to the transatlantic slave trade taking place. And we do that one live and all the sessions are recorded also. All right. Uh, I posted, uh, a couple stories today dealing with, uh, uh, Steve hood passing, uh, there's one from, uh, deadline Detroit. Uh, and there's one from Fox two news. Also, uh, he passed away the day from pan- pancreatic cancer. He's 58 years old. Uh, he used to be a talk show host here on nine, 10 AM superstation. Actually when Nine Ten started, he was, uh, uh, Doing mornings on nine ten a.m. and I started uh, on his show on Thursday mornings. In um, I think it was basically January two thousand sixteen. Uh, I started doing Thursday mornings for like for an hour, then we went to an hour and a half, then we went to two hours uh, on his show. And then when I then when I got my show on nine ten a.m. in April of two thousand sixteen, I kept doing his show as well. Okay, so th- there's a, a piece here from. Fox 2 Detroit, uh, Detroit talk show host, political consultant Steve Hood dies at 58 after battling pancreatic cancer. So this is a big loss. He was a political consultant, talk show host, TV talk show host, radio talk show host. Um, I knew he was um, he had been in the hospital for I think he was in the hospital for about three weeks that I knew of. And he really didn't want people to know that he was sick. Uh, so this is a big loss here. Um, so check out this article; you'll hear more about this uh, as well. Deadline Detroit uh, has a has an article as well about Steve Hood passing. Uh, also, all right. So look, we have to get out of here. Remember, at the African History Network. We focus on educating, empowering, and inspiring people of African descent throughout the diaspora around the world because right now it's correct wrong behavior um it's not over till we win wakanda forever we we'll talk to you uh, next time peace
1: gain knowledge in minutes from insightful summaries of progressive and socially conscious books blacklisted gives you access to curated content that'll satisfy your curiosity to learn and understand different perspectives empower yourself through inspirational and actionable ideas It's easy to read or listen to on the go. Blacklisted. Empower yourself. Start your free trial today. Black on Purpose Television Network. Yes, Black on Purpose Television Network. All black, all positive, all the time. The largest black-owned streaming television network in the world. Bringing our people together worldwide. Controlling our messages, our stories, our way. Black TV the way it should be. Black music, black history, and more. 30 plus channels, thousands of shows. Black on Purpose Television Network. Subscribe now. Black on Purpose Television Network. Yes, Black on Purpose Television Network. All black all positive, all the time. The largest black-owned streaming television network in the world. Bringing our people together worldwide. Controlling our messages, our stories, our way. Black TV the way it should be. Black music, black history, and more. 30-plus channels, thousands of shows. Black on Purpose Television Network? Subscribe now.
2: Hi, I'm Joel Wilson, President and CEO of JCW Computer Consulting LLC, a technology implementation firm with over 20 years of satisfying customers. We offer a full spectrum of industry top-tier branded services. We are an authorized partner or reseller for Lenovo, Zoom, T-Mobile, Microsoft 365, and Surface tablets. Google Workspace, Acer, Asus, Samsung, PCmatic security software, and many more. Our online store features laptops, Chromebooks, computers, printers, accessories, and software. Businesses, take advantage of our free one-hour Zoom tech consultation and know we offer top nationwide high-speed internet service providers, voiceover IP, and cellular phone services. Home users, don't miss our current in-stock Chromebook inventory. Please visit us at jcwcc.com or call 215-879-6701.